Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Welcome everyone to the No Limit Selling Podcast. One of the things that's fascinating me these days is that negative voice inside your head, how that little voice has the power to sabotage your efforts. And I'm on a campaign to help people rid that voice inside their heads so they show up in life more powerfully, more confidently with certainty of action. And in today's episode, I've got the pleasure of having Jason Yellowitz here. He's from Quiet Voice and he sells internet businesses. Jason, welcome to the program. Great, thanks. Uh, it's yeah, quiet light actually, but yes, quiet light. Yeah, thanks. For uh, first time you said it, you said it so quietly, I didn't hear it correctly. Yeah, quiet, quiet light. Correct. Excellent. So, Jason, tell us about uh, you and the company. Sure. Okay. So, what we do is we sell internet businesses. There are a lot of entrepreneurs who run some sort of internet business. They might be selling, you know, pens on the internet or staplers or whatever. A lot of people are selling things on Amazon or eBay. A lot of people have a website that's got content or software as a service, a SaaS business. And they get to a point in their career where they're like, wow, maybe I want to exit my business. That's where we come in. We can help them sell it. We've got the buyers. We've, you know, we value it. We help figure out you know, who's going to want it, that, that kind of thing. And we've been doing this since uh, 2006. So tell me about one of your deals. Like, how did you find the company that was an internet company? What was it? What were the challenges? How did you package it? And then ultimately, how did you find the right buyer? Okay, great. Um, so let me think of, of a couple of deals I've got in the pipeline right now by way of examples. Okay, so Generally, the sellers are finding us. Um, you know, usually they've heard of us through a referral or you know an internet search or seen us on a podcast or a blog or so- something like that. And usually they start out very tentative, like, "Hey, I don't want any pressure. I just want to find out is my business sellable?" That kind of thing. Um, so I-, I have lots of those kind of com- conversations, and they can last for years. Um, so here's an example that I sold about two months ago. I started talking to this um, uh, seller about five years ago. He was friends of someone else whose business I had sold, called me and said, what's my business worth? And I said, it's worth X. And I didn't hear back from him. About a year later, he said, what's my business worth? I said, it's worth X plus 10% now. Called me two years later, X plus 20%. It, his business kept going up in value. Finally, around November of last year, he said, okay, I'm ready to sell. He had a subscription-based business where teachers were buying a subscription to some content, some online content that he had created. My job was to figure out what what are the metrics, you know, not only how much did the business make in the last couple of years, 
but what's it looking like going forward? What are the things that are sustainable? What are the things that are questionable? That kind of thing. Then um, I, I put it into a summary. I try to speak in plain English as much as possible. I Just like most of us, I roll my eyes when people speak in buzzwords and acronyms. I, you know, I right. just speak in plain English to anyone I'm talking to and say, the reason I like this business is because A, B, and C. The things that make me nervous are X, Y, and Z. However, the X, Y, and Z doesn't make me so nervous. Therefore, I think it's a good buy at a certain price. And it's very consultative. So, you know, I put the business summary together. Um, I put his financials together. Then we do an email blast. We, we have a list of tens of thousands of business buyers who want to hear every time we've got, you know, a brand new listing. So out of mm-hmm. that, I get a couple of hundred leads. Um, of those leads, it's kind of a funnel. I start talking to the buyers, figure out how serious they are, how qualified they are, you know, not only um, to run the business, but financially, can they actually afford it? How realistic their expectations are, how realistic my seller's expectations are. And then we get them all together for, for a chat. You know, usually it's on Zoom and we end up talking to five to 10 of the buyers with the seller and myself. We end up getting a handful of offers. And from those, we choose the right one. And then we have to go through due diligence. The deal doesn't close the day that we get an offer. The buyer has the right to look at the financials and really kick the tires of the business. Um, But then usually within about four to eight weeks after we get an offer, we close the deal. The seller gets paid. The buyer gets their business. And, you know, in most situations, it works out really well. So you've been selling for uh, a long time in different uh, modalities, different areas. How is it different selling these days over Zoom versus what we used to do was face-to-face? Yeah, so it's actually quite the same. Um, I I think, you know, I, I always thought of the hierarchy as the least effective is email, followed by phone calls, followed by Zoom, followed by face-to-face. Obviously, nowadays, there's not much face-to-face going on. And mm-hmm. the key... Um, the, the, the key point that needs to carry through all of those, I think, is just be, be authentic. You know, when you or I get an email from someone, you can tell if it's spammy or salesy or a canned email where they're, they're sending exactly the same thing to 500 people. But you can also get a sense, hey, there's, there's a real person here. This is authentic. He or she said something that's very specific to me. It shows that they've done some research, that they actually care. Those are the emails that get responded to. Same with Zoom. We want to express in the first couple minutes, hey, I'm listening. I'm hearing you. You know, you're, you're a unique individual. I want to hear and understand what you need to say. And as long as we do that, um, the reality is I've been selling businesses for 11 years. I've only met any clients in person maybe two or three times out of dozens and dozens and dozens of deals. So certainly face-to-face is preferable, but in a world economy where I'm dealing with people all over the world, it's just not practical. Interesting. So you probably get uh, business owners that have unreasonable expectations. Tell me about how you get them to get grounded because uh, you know it takes finesse. Yeah. Well, I mean, the truth is reality will get them grounded. 
So I'll have a business owner call me and say, I want $4 million for my business because, you know, it's got this, that, or the other. I want it. Yeah. Now, again, being, being on the front lines, it's not an exact science, but I might, I might be thinking, wow, I, I deal with a lot of buyers. This business is worth one to one and a half million, and this person wants four. I'm not going to try to convince them. I'm just going to say, look, I deal with a lot of buyers based on what I see. The market is going to value it between one and one and a half million. Honestly, if, if it's worth four to you, don't sell. And what generally happens is one of two things. Either for them, it's just not worth it, in which case they should keep it. I'm not, I'm not looking to twist, twist anyone's mm-hmm. arm or have them do anything that's not in their best interest. Or what happens a lot of times is the ideas that they thought were going to make it worth $4 million, reality, you know, uh, comes into play eventually and they realize it's just not getting where they thought it would be. And then they might call me back six months or a year later with a totally different attitude. So I'm, I'm not looking to convince anyone or change their minds. I really just see myself as a messenger between what the seller expects and what the market will bear. And I'll try to communicate as best I can, you know, what's realistic. And then, you know, it's like a Venn diagram. Seller's expectations, what the market will bear. If they overlap enough, those are the deals where I'm willing to accept that, accept them and sell them. And if they don't overlap, you know, if, if there is no Venn diagram, then um, I'm just going to say I'm probably not the best person for you at this time. Brilliant. So right now, uh, if people have internet businesses... What should they be paying attention to to get the most uh, valuation at exit? That's okay. Fantastic question. So there's a couple things that matter. One, uh, one is clean bookkeeping. I see a lot of people running really good businesses where they don't have a, a, a great. They're not keeping great track of their numbers. They've got an informal spreadsheet in some strange format. So. Um, it's worth it. Hire a bookkeeper and have them put everything preferably into QuickBooks. It makes life much e- easier. So clean bookkeeping. Number two is transferability. Uh, really think about your business. Can it, are, is it dependent on you personally? If it is, it's going to be much, much harder for me to sell it. So be thinking in advance, what can I do not to make it dependent on me? If, I, if it's a content website and I'm writing all the articles personally, let me outsource that for six months before I try to sell it, that, that kind of thing. Um, and then number three are the, the metrics. I see a lot of people with internet businesses who say, well, you know, my numbers went down last year, but that was because I chose not to work that hard or I didn't, I chose not to order enough inventory or whatever the reason, the issue is um, the buyers are going to be looking at that pretty closely. So you want to have your best year and rising going into the sale of your business if your goal is to maximize the, the profit. And, you know, Umar, not, not everyone's goal is maximization. Some people just want to get out. So even if you don't have all of these boxes checked, right. We can, we can potentially sell it, but it may not be at the absolute maximum price. Brilliant. So right now, if someone's thinking of starting uh, an internet business, 
that won't be like too tough, but uh, could be a good exit plan later on. Uh, you're seeing the landscape. What businesses should people get into? Yeah. So I've seen more people become instant millionaires um, with Amazon businesses than anything else. So in Amazon business, you know, some people don't know this, but when you buy a product on Amazon, something like 50 to 60% of those are not fulfilled by Amazon. There's an individual small entrepreneur somewhere that created the product. Um, what I'm seeing a lot of is people get an idea for a product. They find a, manufact uh, a manufacturing factory, usually in Asia. Um, they test that product. They'll have 10 of them built. They'll try to, they'll set up an Amazon account. They'll try to sell the product. If those 10 products sell out in half, half an hour, then you're onto something. Then go order 10,000 of the product, have it sent to an Amazon warehouse. Uh, it will get sold on Amazon. Your Amazon account will start getting positive ratings and reviews and product reviews. Once you've done that for about two to three years, I can sell the business. And I mean, Umar, it's really satisfying when someone who started something on a whim three years later, you know, I'm able to get them a deal for $3 million. They're like, wow, I never thought that was going to happen. So that really, in my opinion, is the easiest, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's the easiest path to online entrepreneurship that I've seen, you know, probably is, ever. Totally. Brilliant. So Jason, before we part company, uh, two questions. Number one, do you have a negative voice inside your head that sometimes comes up? And if you do, what does it say to kind of stop you from being awesome? Okay. Yeah, that's another great question. Um, usually not, but once in a while, I'll get intimidated. So let's say a, a deal's bigger than I've done before. And the person is speaking in buzzwords and acronyms, something that you know, I told you, I, I just don't like to do. And half mm -hmm. the conversation is going over, over my head. Um, sometimes I'll hear that negative voice saying, geez, I don't know how to, how to understand this person. But the thing that I've found is all it takes is a little bit of time and patience. Generally, as long as I'm authentic and just say to the person, look, I, I love your business, but I don't understand what you just said. What does, you know, what does that acronym mean? Usually they're very empathetic. What does that mean in English? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm used to speaking to people in my industry. Here's what it means. It's something simple. And the reality is I'm not the one buying their business. I'm the one presenting it. If you can make me understand it the same way that you can make your grandma un understand what you do for a living, I can probably sell it because then I can communicate it to, to other people. So the key to quieting that negative voice is rather than pretending I know everything, it's becoming humble and admitting that I don't and asking more questions. And that, you know, the, the negative voice is brilliant. I, and I think that, but yeah. I think the, the key word you said in there was, you said, when I became authentic and revealed, yeah, I don't understand what you're talking about, the, this power there. The final question, what is one mind hack that you use to kind of become more productive in your personal or professional life? Okay, that, that's a good one. Um, it's probably the willingness and ability to say no. So, you know, for instance, somebody will bring me a business and I really like the person, but I, 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 
the voice I'll hear in my head is I cannot sell this business. There's something about it that makes it either unsellable or very difficult. And the mind hack is to come to that conclusion quicker um, and be able to say to the person, you know, authentically, I like your business and I really like you. I don't think I'm the best person for this because, and that can free up an enormous amount of time because especially anyone in a sales role, you know, sometimes you're, you're feeling like, wow, I just have to pursue every lead. And the reality is you don't, Oh yeah. you know, you're making all the money off a small percent of the leads. So learning how to scrub them in a polite professional way is super important. I think otherwise you can be spinning in circles, you know, 20 hours a day and, and never stop working. Brilliant. Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Okay, great. Umar, thank you so much. This was a, it was really a pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 